Uh, and from a business point of view, if you're finding out what problems people are having, you can solve that problems with your writing. DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain What does it take to be a productive writer? What is the most common mistake that business writers make? And if you produce more quantity, does that not reduce your quality? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask today's special guest, Brian Collins. Brian, welcome to DMR. Thanks for having me on. Well, welcome. Um, Well, Brian is a writer who lives an hour or so outside Dublin, Ireland. And right now, um, he's just published his new book, A Productive Writer. So, Brian, do you think a great writer should focus on creating great writing only? Or can a great writer also be a great social media marketer too? Uh, that's a, a very good question, David. Uh, I'd say that if there's there's two things that a, a writer needs to do today, uh, particularly an online writer, uh, they need to spend, firstly, time creating great content and writing. And they also need to spend an equal, if not more time, marketing and sharing that content. Uh, so there's, there's no point going and locking yourself into a cave and uh, producing a great piece of work and then leaving it sitting there and hoping that, that somebody comes along and sees how great it is and tells all their friends. You've got to put your work out there because there's, there's so much noise now on the internet and there's so many people producing high-value content that you need to go out and you need to tell people stories about your content and about your writing uh, and how it's going to benefit their lives and how, how it can even change them. Um, I think uh, Seth, Seth Golden even says, like, all oh, great marketing is storytelling and uh, even great writing is storytelling too. So there's definitely... Uh, uh, a great writer should do both. And, and does that mean um, that a great um, writer just can't just focus on the writing and that it's not possible to ri- rely on other people to do the social media marketing on their behalf? Do you think um, to work best on social media, it actually has to be the writer that does the interaction on social media as well? Uh, if you're Stephen King or if you're John Grisham <laughs> or a, a massive publishing house behind you, then you could probably go off and do whatever you want. I think the rest of us maybe have to go off and spend some time marketing are writing um, I think even uh, Paolo Colo I think I might be pronouncing that, his last name mm. wrong but I think he, he like he has over a million followers on his Twitter handle the alchemist like, fame exactly exactly so even he's an active user of uh, social media and, and there's, there's lots of uh, examples of authors who use Twitter and Google Plus to talk about their work and, and engage with fans and the exciting thing about it is is it takes away uh, a barrier that was there before so you can get immediate feedback about your work uh, and you can also ask people what they want and what problems they're having uh, and from a business point of view, if you're finding out what problems people are having, you can solve that problems with your writing. Uh, and then if you share that, then hopefully some people will, will benefit from that. Right. OK. So do you advocate writing what you believe should be written first or asking your social media following if you do have one first? What should you be writing about and then writing what they suggest that you should be writing? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I suppose a combination of both. I mean, you want to bring some of your own beliefs and ideas to what you're creating but you also want to uh, find out what it is that your audience or that your customer wants as well i mean there's no point creating or writing uh, an ebook uh, if, if it's about a topic that they have no interest in um so maybe you need to go out there and ask them questions or uh, what, what i think is exciting about blogging is that you can use blogging as like a, a testing ground for your content so you, you could write a guest blog post for someone on their website if that guest blog post is well received, then maybe you could write a follow-up post on your website 
If that follow-up post is well received, you could write several follow-up posts and then roll that into a larger piece of content like a like an ebook or something like that. And, and the advantage of that is you're you're also marketing your content because you're connecting with their readers, you're telling them a story about what you're about, and hopefully some of them will come over to your website and look at your products or your services or whatever it is that you created and maybe engage with you a little. And is there any particular social network that you favor in terms of getting uh, a decent volume of feedback back? Uh, yeah, good question. And uh, I had email. I know it's not a social media <laughs> network, but I, I think there was a great survey there in Kissmetrics and it showed the level of engagement on the various social media networks versus email. And I, I think email outstripped any of the social media networks by like a factor of nine. And uh, so I'd say to anyone listening, maybe build your email list first and worry about social media afterwards. Instead, consider social media as a way to amplify your existing content. Um, so, for example, if you had in your email list your social media links, then you could naturally build up a social media following that way. Uh, now, that said, it, it, I suppose, what social media networks do I like? I like Twitter because it's 140 characters and, you know, it's, it's geared towards people who like to write kind of short, kind of snappy sentences. Uh, and up until quite recently, I liked uh, Google+. Plus. But I think Google turned off Google authorship um, and there's probably a bit of a question mark hanging over what, what they're going to do with Google Plus over the next year or two. I spend less time using Facebook, probably because they're pushing people now to pay to uh, or business people to pay um, to manage their Facebook or to show their Facebook updates to other people. And I suppose if you're again, if you're uh, maybe a business person selling consumer products or something like that, then Pinterest could be, could be high value to you. Um, and then LinkedIn is probably a, a good tool for personal connections with other business people in your area. Okay, I'm having a look at your website, workreadplay.com at the moment. And um, you certainly do have a very, very impressive call to action in terms of um, targeting people and, and um, getting them to provide email addresses. Um, because obviously, um, you've got a button there saying, click here to get the goodies now. Um, a, a little pop up uh, dynamic HTML um, pop over and you're only asking for email address as well there. Um, so it's, it looks like you're using a really decent tool to do that. And you've obviously thought about whether or not you should be asking for name and email address or just email address there and um, it looks to me quite like lead pages is, is, is would that be the tool that you're using for that uh yes yeah there was one tool that, uh, that i'm most excited about at the moment uh for any online writer uh for anyone any marketeer even uh it's lead pages because i think unless you're a large business you just don't have the tools or resources to create lots of landing pages to create various sign-up forms to a b test and to put in um to give away free content uh, easily, where the lead pages you can automate a lot of this process. Um, and I've actually, I'll, I've only started uh, developing an email list recently, but I found that uh, lead pages has helped me grow the, the list even faster. Um, and I'd, I'd recommend that anyone who's interested in developing an email list maybe have a look at some of the lead page videos on uh, YouTube. And um, I think they explain their product quite nicely, and uh, it's definitely worth taking a look at if you're a business person. Or if you're an online writer. Yes, of course, Clay Collins is the, the founder of Lead Pages. Um, I actually met him last year in Sydney in Australia. And um, he's so passionate and knowledgeable about increasing conversion rates. So even if you're not necessarily going to use his product, he's certainly someone to pay attention to when it comes to improving conversion rates. Uh, definitely. Um, where I came across him is um, I, I spent a lot of time reading blog posts like Smart or blogs like Smart Passive Income by Pat Flynn, mm. which is another excellent site that I recommend anyone check out. And I think they had a series of uh, interviews with him. Uh, and then I started to notice that uh, a lot of websites that I would kind of uh, think is the best practice would use 
lead pages. And I think what's only once you start using lead pages, you start recognizing it on other people's websites. So what about um, the actual email subscription service? Obviously, um, the lead pages tool is software that will help people opt in, but not the actual email autoresponder or email uh, marketing tool itself. Um, is that Aweber or Mail- MailChimp or something like that? Uh, so, so I use MailChimp. So uh, I recently set up an automation or an autoresponder campaign with MailChimp. So what happens is if someone subscribes to my email list, they're given uh, a free ebook uh, about Twitter. Uh, and then over the course of two weeks, then I would send them various extracts from my new book. Uh, and then at the end of the two weeks, then I would also maybe send them updates about new blog posts. It took quite some time to put together an autoresponder. And I kind of studied best practices from the likes of uh, Copyblogger and so on. It's another website I recommend anyone interested in digital marketing, uh, check out. Uh, so, but the handy thing about putting an autoresponder together is once you have it set up, you can set it and forget it and it keeps working even when you're not working. How does lead pages fit into this? Uh, you can actually integrate lead pages with Aweber or MailChimp. And the, the other thing that lead pages does is you can give away post specific content. So for example, I wrote a quite a niche blo- a blog post about moleskin notebooks, which uh, strikes a chord with lots of writers. So I put together a little PDF document of a uh, top 10 alternatives to Moleskine notebooks and where you can get them. And I gave that away at the end of the blog post for anyone who clicked on this button and lead pages automated that for me. And I found that's actually converting quite well. Okay. And um, so you, you just published a book recently. Where have you actually published it? Is it Amazon on hard copy or Kindle? So uh, yeah, it's my uh, first book. So I, what I've done is I published it on Amazon. Uh, simply because I felt if I published it in all the other places, uh, my head would probably explode. <laughs> so I, I wanted to pick one place to publish it and iron out any teething problems, um, which there has been a few teething problems, but I've been, at least I've had time to fix them because the beauty of self-publishing is you can go back to your document, make the necessary changes and re-upload the book. Uh, and I also entered what's called um, the KDP program that Amazon run. Right. So, uh, so you're a member of that for three months and Amazon will promote the book for you, which means it's taking care of some of the marketing. Uh, and they'll also give away the book for free for five days um, and that'll help you get reviews. So my plan at the end of the 90 days then will be to, once the book is uh, being reviewed on Amazon and so on, is to maybe publish it then on the other platforms such as uh, iTunes and Kobo and so on. Um, I suppose if anyone was interested in self-publishing, there's an excellent book called uh, Write, Publish, Repeat by Johnny B. Truant and Sean Platt, I think it is. Uh, And they also have the self-publishing podcast as well. So I'd I'd recommend that to anyone who's interested in publishing their work. Excellent. Well, all all the best with with your book. Um, But it's called, of course, um, Handbook for the Productive Writer. Um, So what does it take to be a productive writer if you're a writer for businesses? Sure. Yeah, that's a good question. So if you're a writer for businesses, uh, um, the best example I, I could give is, is a couple of years ago when I was working as a journalist, I used to have trouble hitting deadlines because um, I used to spend a lot of time polishing all my sentences and paragraphs and lining them up in a row and, you know, imagining that I was writing the great novel. <laughs> uh, and then one day my editor called me into the office and he gave out to me because I wasn't hitting my deadlines. And he said, if you don't hit your deadlines, you're not doing your job. In other words, if you're, if you're going to keep being late, you'll be out of the job. So I learned then that the uh, first thing a professional writer has to do is they have to learn how to finish. Um, and the problem with finishing is sometimes you, when you finish something, people will come back to you and say that's not good enough or changes need to be made. So the second thing a professional writer needs to do or a productive writer is they need to learn how to accept feedback and criticism and then use that to improve. 
Uh, and then finally, the the third thing that a productive writer should do then is they should have an ability to review whatever writing they produced within a set period and then figure out what writing worked and what didn't. So that's where maybe if you're an online writer, you could look at analytics and see, did people enjoy your blog post? Or if you've created an ebook, you could look at the sales or the, the reviews and, and then use that as the information to create something that's more relevant the next time around. So you're always asking yourself questions like, what's my next action? What's my deadline? How can I use this information to improve? And so on. But I guess being a productive writer indicates that you're producing more. And um, surely if you're producing more, then that might impact the quality of your work. So does that not actually reduce the quality that you can produce? Yeah, that, that's a good question. So so when, when I started uh, writing content for my own website, I used to think that I should write three, four or five blog posts a week. So now I actually just try to write one high value blog post a week. Uh, and the time that I would spend writing the other posts, I would spend marketing this particular post or creating bonus content for this particular post. And how is that being productive? Well, I mean, what, what's the goal of your writing? Are you, are you looking to increase sales? In my case, I'm looking to increase email subscriptions. So for me, being productive is producing one high quality blog post uh, and then hoping, hopefully getting some email subscriptions or some social shares because of the time spent on that. So for me, that, that that's what being productive. If you're writing for a business, uh, being productive uh, versus, <clears throat> or with your output versus your quality would, would involve maybe producing documents that the marketing team maybe could use to sell the latest products or services. Okay, so you're very focused on increasing the quantity of uh, email subscriptions. And you've obviously talked about the autoresponder that you've put in place. But what about after that? Um, do you send out regular emails to your lists on a weekly basis as well after that? And so at the moment, I, I spend a lot of time writing guest blog posts for other people's websites. Right. So what I would do is I would just send the uh, email list, just a link to my latest blog post. And then hopefully they would have some feedback and, and then I could maybe use their feedback to provide something that would be even more of interest to them. I mean, the goal for me would be to help anyone who joins my email list and to, to give them a reason to, to stay on the list. So to keep producing high value, relevant content. Um, in terms of writing tips, um, are, are there any final tips that you'd like to leave the listeners with um, in terms of um, quantity of content or, or perhaps the style of content that they should be writing? Yes, I suppose maybe firstly consider your audience um, and then figure out what your audience reads uh, and then try and frame your content in a similar way. Uh, secondly, if you're creating any kind of online content, be, always think about your call to action. Thirdly, uh, to recognize the difference between writing for the web uh, and writing for maybe uh, in an, an academic capacity or writing for a newspaper. So writing for the web, obviously, you would have more bullet points and lists and formatting and so on. And thirdly, if you're, if you're or fourthly, if you're struggling uh, doing any of these things, maybe to ask somebody to review your work or even if you don't have somebody to review your work, put it in a drawer for a couple of days before you publish it or a digital drawer uh, and then go back and have another look and see what you can change or improve. Uh, and then finally, to pick two or three blogs in your area that you really admire, uh, subscribe to them, uh, engage in just those two or three blogs and just learn from those blogs. And that way you you'll, you'll get a, you can figure out a lot quicker what, what works and what doesn't work. Lovely. So I'd like to move on to the second part of the discussion and that focuses on your opinion on what's happening in digital marketing today. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact the success of your business? Without a doubt, WordPress. Uh, I think anyone who wants to write online content needs to, to use WordPress and all the various plugins that go with it. 
What's your favorite plugin? <laughs> Apart from lead pages, maybe. Uh, uh, yes, uh, uh, there's a there's a couple of social media plugins I like. Uh, Snap, I think, is one of them. There's a couple of plugins that back up WordPress that I, that I think are pretty good because you know they're taking care of the heavy lifting. Um, and there's also a calendar plugin for WordPress that's excellent to let you plan posts in advance. And I also use the Genesis framework, so that comes with some specific plugins for Genesis. Uh, that's a a series of WordPress teams by Studio Press. Uh, so I find that's quite good for what I want to do. So they work for me. That's great. Yes, Genesis, I use that for digital marketing radio as well, actually. And um, it was just so easy to set up and it was just, just a lovely framework to use. So I'd certainly recommend that one as well. Yes, yes, definitely. What was the tool that you mentioned again um, for social media? Uh, well, I, I would recommend the tool, but I've also had some trouble with the tool in the past. It's called Snap. Snap, F- Snap. that was F- the one I hadn't heard of, yeah. So is it, does, does that produce social media icons, or what's that about? Uh, it, what it does is um, it automatically, it's called NextScript's Social Networks Auto Poster. Sorry, I was just checking it up there. Right. What it, what it does is when you publish something in WordPress, it'll automatically publish it in Twitter and Facebook and Google Plus and wherever else you want to publish it. Uh, and unlike some of the other social media plugins, it'll also post the pictures and you can customize the contents it's, it's quite a powerful social media plugin but i have had a, some issues with it in the past but uh, I, I would recommend maybe that people check it out okay and what about software that you're aware of and you haven't actually used but you're intending on perhaps trying at some point in the future is there anything that springs to mind there uh yeah i recently uh, signed up to the rainmaker platform uh, this is again by studio press so so it's it's geared towards people who like to create uh, media and share it with their audiences online but it's quite a powerful solution and it's also quite good for setting up online courses so i was thinking if that was something else to do in the future to set up an online course maybe based around a book uh, i would probably use the new rainmaker platform i wish i would have i'd like to have a look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online what didn't you do so well what do you wish that you would have done differently uh, two things, yeah. First is I just wrote about whatever came to mind. So I think I had a couple of blog posts about uh, my home theater PC and the new Xbox. And you know, I wasn't a blog who was going a blogger who was going to write about, about things like that at all. I just wrote them for the sake of it. I think that well wasn't time well spent. The second thing is I spent a lot of time creating fancy images in Photoshop. Um, I'm not a designer, so again, that's not time well spent. There's other ways to source images for your blog. Uh, and the third thing is I didn't actually think about email an email list. Uh, for the first year so I think that was a mistake. What about people just getting started um, in online at the moment Um, do you think those are kind of the common mistakes that people make at the moment or are there different new mistakes that you see other people starting to make when they're just starting out? Uh, Yeah I think some people would make those mistakes they definitely are common mistakes from my interactions with other bloggers online Uh, but I would also say that that maybe guest blogging is a great way to overcome a lot of these mistakes because you will get feedback from the guest blog, whoever owns the guest blog, firstly about your writing, and secondly, you can learn from how they do it. So I, I think anyone who's interested in starting off would maybe should start off by uh, writing a few guest bo- posts for someone else, uh, and then maybe they can get a, they can find their feet. Best advice I've ever received. What's the best piece of digital marketing advice that you've ever received? Uh, well, we've already talked about the email list, so I suppose uh, what's another uh, good piece of digital marketing advice? It's probably to do with social media. Um, I manage social media for, for various companies as well and I find that sometimes you can just be looking at uh, uh, feeds, endless feeds and endless updates and everybody telling you what's the best thing to do. So maybe just an ability to cut through all that noise 
uh, and just to focus on one or two social media networks that are relevant to you and your business. So don't worry about being on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Quora, and so on. Just maybe pick one network or two networks and build your presence there. I, I always um, struggle with that one a little bit. Um, I must admit, um, I probably prefer Twitter. And I, I think networks that you prefer and probably get initial uh, initial traction with, um, you tend to favor. And um, the networks that you don't like as much, um, you just have a love-hate relationship with. And I guess if you feel like that, you probably don't put as much... Um, love in, into building your, your your followers there. True. And, and I suppose your question was about advice. Um, I read Gary Vaynerchuk's book on social media, Crush It, uh, and he got a negative review for his, an earlier book on Amazon and he left the following, Gary actually went into Amazon and left the following quote to the negative reviewer. He said, uh, Frank, I'm so sorry I under-delivered for you. I hope to meet you and spend 15 minutes apologizing. <laughs> and if you've ever heard Gary talk, he's quite a forward person and answer, answered any questions you may have. I guess I need more details for you. I'm so sorry. So I, I just think his openness uh, and his directness and his ability to address criticism and provide value, um, even when the person may not be that receptive, I think is, is a lesson for anybody who uses social media or creates content. Yes, no, Gary is great. I, I actually remember watching Gary producing Wine Library TV in 2005 as a video podcast, and that was probably before YouTube. Yes, yeah, I, I only heard of him about two or three years ago, but yeah, he's, he's very impressive. Um, so let's move on to... The This or That Round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut reaction. Ready to go? Yeah. Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Audio. Affiliates or display advertising? Affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? Google Plus. Online press releases or one-on-one relations? One-on-one relations. Paid search or SEO? SEO. Email contact form or telephone number? Email contact form. Website or app? Oh, good question. Uh, Website. Social follower or email subscriber? Email subscriber. Local marketing or global marketing? Global marketing. The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single digital marketing activity, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? Uh, That's a a tough question. Uh, I don't know what I could do with $10,000 beyond going on an expensive holiday. But if I was going to spend it on something to do with digital marketing, uh, what I would like to do is maybe outsource some of the technical parts of digital marketing that I don't like. Um, so someone to take care of the coding, the HTML, uh, and then also to outsource some of the design work so I could concentrate solely on writing uh, and on building relationships. Uh, I'm not sure if that would uh, involve the full $10,000, but maybe I could uh, invest the rest of it and buy some some blogging tools later on. I guess um, the answer is focus on what you're good at and what you love to do and outsource the rest. Pretty much, yes. Yes. So that just leaves us with... My number one takeaway. So Brian, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? Uh, well, this is the step I'm trying to take. So it's it's to spend as much time, if not more time, marketing uh, your content or as you do creating it. I guess that maybe you're a fairly creative person, certainly when it comes to writing, and um, maybe some other people might have um, the opposite challenge in that um, they're trying to interact in social media or market a bit more and they haven't really got any core product or tangible value that they're offering on their own website. But um, 
you need to do both certainly well yeah you need, you need to provide value to your to your customer or to leads or to your readers uh, definitely but i suppose one of the ways that you can figure out how you can provide value is, is to build and develop those one-on-one relation, one -on -one relationships um i.e marketing uh, and i suppose if you're in business by nature, you are creative, even though you might not think so, because you probably have an idea for a great product or a great service. Great stuff. Well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time, your focus and your willingness to give back. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Uh, you can find me on www.workreadplay.com or you can reach out to at workreadplay. Uh, I suppose I'd love to hear from you. And thanks very much for having me on the podcast as well. Oh, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today on Digital Marketing Radio. Remember, you can get every interview before it's published as a podcast, delivered as a weekly digital magazine, automatically to your tablet or smartphone. And that's for Apple or Android. Just go to digitalmarketingradio.com for links to where you can subscribe and join the rest of the Digital Marketing Radio posse. Catch you again soon. Digital Marketing Radio.